Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God. But as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would guide us as we read your word this morning, that you would enlighten us as to the meaning of this text as well as its application in our lives. We pray for humility to receive your exhortation from the word. We pray for boldness to take what steps need to be taken to change our lives in conformity to Christ. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. Well, for those who may not have read 1st or 2nd Corinthians for a while, the context of our morning's passage is that the Apostle Paul had labored for nearly two years in the city of Corinth, planting a church and developing a great affection for the believers there. Church was growing, they possessed all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they were divided. They were disorderly, they were worldly, and they fought each other, they sued each other, they were immoral with one another, they were proud all the while. They winked at incest, they abused their marriages, they ate at pagan feasts, they failed to give as they should, they questioned the resurrection. What a church, right? And all of this prompted Paul to write his first letter to the Corinthians. And conditions had become so bad that Apollos would not stay or return to Corinth, even though Paul urged him to do so. And after receiving Paul's first letter, false teachers had come to Corinth, had convinced the believers there that Paul was double-minded and did not truly care for them. And the evidence for this was that Paul had originally said that he intended to come to Corinth, but had ended up canceling his visit. The truth was that Paul had wanted to return there, but decided to postpone his visit so that his first letter could have more time to bring about repentance in the church. And when he did visit, which he still planned to do, he hoped to return in the joy of reunion and not in the need to bring more discipline. And so now in this second letter to the Corinthians, Paul attempts to teach the believers at Corinth some deeper truths about what it means to be a mature believer in Christ. So contrast these two letters and recognize their context. Having dealt with so many issues of immaturity in the first letter, Paul turns to some issues of maturity And this morning's passage is a prime example. And in verse 14, Paul says that God leads us in triumph in Christ. Now, triumph was a victory parade and the highest honor ever paid to a victorious Roman general. In order to receive a triumph, a a general had to have been the actual commander-in-chief 
of all the troops in the field had to have had a campaign that was completely finished. The rebellious province had to have been pacified. All of the troops brought home, at least 5,000 of the enemy had to have fallen in battle. New territory had to have been added to the empire, and it could not have been a civil war or a defensive war. So you can imagine that with all those conditions that a triumph was a -a once-in-a-lifetime honor. And the triumphal procession marched through the streets of Rome all the way to the capital. First there came the state officials and the senate. Then came the trumpeters who announced the parade. Then came the spoils taken from the conquered land. For example, when Titus conquered Jerusalem in 70 A.D., in his triumph, the golden articles of the temple were carried through the street on carts. Following the spoils of war were oil paintings that had been commissioned just for this purpose of the conquered land and even scale models of the ships and buildings that had been destroyed. So imagine this little parade of things that come to represent what was done. And then there followed a white bowl that would be offered as a sacrifice. Next came the captives. These were enemy princes and leaders and generals and chains shortly to be flung into 